Hello, I'm Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Welcome to the new year, and our topic today is going to be, you won the lottery, 86,400 big ones. So, hmm, when we think of 86,400 big ones, most of us think of money. So, if I were to tell you that I gave you 86,400 big ones, and ask you how you'd spend them, you'd probably say, ah, dream home, down payment on a house, maybe a car, maybe a vacation with my family. But most people would think that I meant $86,400 when I said 86,400 big ones. But the big ones I'm referring to are not dollars. They're moments. Every single day, that is the number of seconds or moments in your precious day. Every day you're given the gift of 86,400 precious moments. And you get to spend them any way you want, just like money. So what are you going to do with those 86,400 precious moments? You know, if they were dollars, most people budget that. They'd say, oh, I have 86,400 big ones. I'm going to spend it on this or spend it on that. But, you know, more precisely, we're not careful about how we spend our time. You may budget time on everything else that you get done. But remember, a lot of us are spending our time being stressed, fearful, resistant, angry, upset about why you don't get things done, taking another time management course. Let's take care this year to spend your thoughts well, and you will spend your time well, all 86,400 seconds a day. The wonderful thing about your gift of the 86,400 big ones is that the gift is renewed every single morning of your life. No matter what happened yesterday, no matter if you were angry, got in a fight, you squandered it somehow, you were upset or angry all day or got lost in social media or whatever happened the day before, every single day is a new gift. So if you made, you know, bad choices yesterday or ones that don't make you happy, you can make better ones today. In fact, yesterday's poor choices have moved you to make better choices today, okay? So, and it's over. That's one thing we learn in recovery or the people that I've worked with, just unimaginable losses. Um, death and dying, and especially the year we've had with COVID, is we we really, really, we can live in the past and, and you know, take these moments. And, and again, it's like a bank. You have a choice of where you're moving those thoughts and emotions. You can move them in a long-term savings account. You can put them in the stock market. You can put them in a bond account. It's the same exact thing because if you really think about it, money is money. Money is energy. Of course, it's very important. But this 86,400 big ones, these seconds that you get every single day, think about how critical they are. Before you go to sleep, focus on appreciative, grateful thoughts, what you're grateful for, and go to bed with positive energy. Then when you wake up, you'll have received the interest on that 86,400 big ones. Okay? So think about it. That, that's a lot. And how can you make the most of it, especially in this new year? 
Um, well, you know, we're, I know New Year's resolutions are hard. You know, most of us don't pay any attention to it. Almost a quarter to 50% of us don't keep up our New Year's resolutions within the first seven days. And so we get discouraged and we go, well, I, I do this every year and, and it's, you know, the weather doesn't help any. It's kind of gray and outside, negative. People are just trying to get out of uh, the situation that we're all in now, whether it's our economics, whether it's um, COVID, things we politics, we have no control or very little control over those things. But the one thing we have control over is the, are those 86,400 big ones, those seconds. We can choose how we think and what we physically do with that. So here's the thing. When we get a moment of inspiration... It's usually, it's wonderful, of course, but it's hard to stay motivated. We all can have those aha moments or peak experiences or, oh my gosh, I'm going to change everything. I just heard this or I saw that and I'm inspired. But the real challenge is to stay motivated. It is to stay consistently motivated. And you need tools to do that. Okay. You need people, places, and things to help you stay motivated. So I'd love to give you some tips, some things that I've done through the many years of my life that have helped me be very, very successful and pretty happy and, you know, maintaining long-term relationships with friends and business people and all kinds of things. So as we go into this new year and you have all of this opportunity in front of you, all of these 86,400 big ones, seconds per day. You won the lottery, okay? You've already won it. Uh, my husband went and bought lotto and all kinds of tickets the other day at Publix, and he came back and kissed me on the cheek, and he said, you know what? I buy these lottery tickets. It's kind of funny, and cash for life. And he said, but, you know, I've already won the lottery every day of my life. And if you think about every morning that you wake up, it is. It's a chance to, and an opportunity to do it all over again, and especially this next year. Okay. First, and I truly believe in inspirational books, what kind of books inspire you? Different people are inspired by different things, different people, different ways books are written. Keep them on hand. Get the, I call it on-go, uh, on-the-go motivation. Uh, is your new goal work-related? Is it at home? Is it a relationship? Is it to get rid of or work with your anger or fear or your anxiety this year? Um, also, you know, if you're traveling, get an inspirational audiobook or, you know, download a podcast, get something that is motivational to you. Um, I wake up every day of my life and I read, um, a daily dose by Alan Cohen. It's a little short book every single day. Um, I have several other ones, whether it's, um, spiritual people that I like, uh, unbelievable, uh, psychological people that inspire me. Every day of my life, I need inspiration. I do. And for me, I'm, my mind goes in so many directions and, um, and, and very creative. I also read inspirational daily books. You know, again, one page just to get myself focused. Focused. I just bought a new calendar for 2021 and it's got an inspirational thought. Like yourself is talking to you every day. It's amazing. Um, and what it does, it starts by day out focused instead of scattered. It can be religious. If you've wanted, to, let's say if you wanted to know something um, about the New Testament, you want to read something in the Talmud or 
Jewish history or something in Islam. Um, all of these things may be investigated. We, you know, there are daily inspirational sayings in all of these fields. So if you want to learn about other religions or spiritualities, but I really believe, and if you look at the great people that I've studied, every single one of them started out their day with some kind of an emotion, I mean, excuse me, inspirational book, something that, that inspired them, gathered them, focused them, sent their energy in a positive trajectory every day. And, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, vibrational frequency and energy. So you get up, get your cup of coffee and sit there, and you are trying to focus your day in a direction. Whereas if you have an inspirational book you believe in and you trust in, just read a couple paragraphs or read that particular saying or page. It can send you into a lower vibration, let's say if it was just 200 or 300 to maybe 800. And all of a sudden you're like, I didn't think of my life that way. I didn't think of this person in that way. Thanks. So again, I can't tell you how much I believe in that. The second is quotes at work. I've always done this. Get inspirational quotes you like and print them out. Put them on some kind of colored paper or some kind of decorative uh, background. I have some on flowers. I have some on orange, which happens to be one of my favorite colors. And put them um, on the wall. Put them on a cork board. Um, switch them up occasionally. I mean, I have some in the bathroom. God knows I have them in the kitchen. Um, I have them in my office. So, you know, I believe you need to be reminded. I have uh, one in my car. And therefore, when I'm at a stop sign or a stoplight, I look down at it. I'm in Atlanta. I mean, we have, what, 7 million people now? So believe me, you have your time in traffic. And I always want to come back to something positive. And also remember, the, the body mirrors the mind. So when you're raising your vibrational frequency, you're getting more positive. You're changing. You're shifting to dopamine, endorphins, serotonin. These are positive healing hormones. Also, um, think about it. You're lowering your blood pressure, your heart rate. It's health and happiness. Okay. So keep quotes, print them out. Don't just, Oh, wasn't that a nice quote that you see in a newspaper or see online? Take it seriously, copy it, paste it, print it out and live by it. Also, you'll inspire other people. Please remember everybody's watching what you're doing too. Why are you happy? Why are you successful? Why are you? Cause they want to know what you're doing. Next is biographies. And I am literally addicted to biographies. I, it became when I was studying resilience and stress and, uh, and I was on Wall Street and I wondered why some people like Steve Jobs, Ted Turner, um, uh, Bill Gates, all these very successful people um, that were under tremendous stress, whether it was shareholders, IPOs, initial public offerings, whatever was going on. I was so fascinated with why some of them took off in their lives, went to this trajectory of power and amazement. And then a lot of, a lot, 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 lot of people I knew did the same thing, whether it was IPOs, risk, and they, you know, before I knew it, I saw them doing cocaine, affairs, serial marriages, cars, yachts, boats. So why did some, some of their lives decline or go into a negative spiral? And why did some take off? So I got fascinated and started reading biographies. So I picked some of the people that went through the worst times in history, which would be George Washington, of course, which would be Martha Washington. People like her, you think, oh, George Washington, George. What about Martha? I mean, George was away from Mount Vernon for eight and a half years during the war. Okay, this woman went through unbelievable peril. She had four children. All four of them died. 
So I'm also interested in the spouses of these famous people and how they're resilient. Um, Churchill. I mean, England was on its, uh, you know, third countdown. It was about to go under with Hitler and being bombed every day. The poor English people, uh, Hitler had taken over Europe. What, what were the tools that Churchill used? So then after I studied him and read 10 of his biographies by different biographers with different attitudes towards him, and, and they looked at him in different perspectives, I studied his wife. Who lives like that? Who lives with a person like that? How was she resilient? So Amelia Earhart is another favorite of mine. Truman. I didn't know about Truman at all until I realized one day I was reading um, one of my favorite is FDR, who, of course, how would you like to have managed the crisis of World War II with Japan, all of Europe's, you know, confronting Stalin, Mussolini, I mean, the most horrible people on the planet, and planets, and He's in a wheelchair and uh, on a one to 10 level, probably a level of pain of six to eight every day of his life with the pain of the braces, the heavy braces, them bathing him, him having to get dressed. I mean, can you even imagine what he went through while managing all this? So when I kept reading about him, I went, wow, that's interesting. And then I didn't know that Truman didn't even know about the bombs that were to be dropped in Japan until FDR dies suddenly. And also I went, Truman inherited this war at a pivotal time and with the fracture of Europe. It was poor. People were starving to death. He had all these... So then I went to read about Truman. Where did he come from in Missouri? How did he develop this? So I am fascinated with all of these people. Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, my gosh. Here's a sickly kid. You know, very, very sick. Has, you know, brushes with death several times. How does he become to be Teddy Roosevelt of the Rough Riders, for heaven's sakes. So of all the biographies I've read of him, of course, then I got fascinated with his daughter, Alice, and read about her. So one inspiring person will lead you to another, and it's a lot of fun. Harriet Tubman, how in the world, I mean, the Underground Railroad, how did this teeny tiny little black woman, how did she do this? How did she begin it, connect with it, be a leader in it, you know, be in the White House, be with presidents, be with the most powerful people in the United States, in the world. What did this little tiny woman do? How did she build up resilience? Is it born? Did she get it from her DNA? Did it come just because of her experiences or both and? So please read biographies. You are not going to believe what you learn about yourself. And and it'll change your life, I promise you. Each one of these people, as they appear, I pretend that they're real figures in front of me while I'm reading them. I go to bed crying. I'm telling you, on every single biography almost I read of, of people that are no longer living, you can ask my husband. He'll wake up at 1 in the morning, and he'll see me crying. And he'll go, okay, who died tonight? And then I'll just go, Winston Churchill or... You know, Amelia Earhart, she she just, she crashed her plate. You know, whatever happens um, when Martha Washington's last child died. You know, I, I get into the lives of them. Please, just don't objectively read them. Immerse yourself in them. Pretend you're back in 1780 trying to survive. Pretend that you're, you know, at the turn of the century. Pretend you're trapped in a wheelchair um, in a very patriarchal, uh, you know, macho society and, and you're looked at less than. I mean, really, his experience in Warm Springs is amazing, FDR. But anyway, so enough about biographies, but my God, I live in biographies. And if you know of any uh, great ones, please send them on to me because I'm just 
it's an insatiable thing of mine. Find a hero. Uh, even doing biographies, you'll find a hero. But also, you'll find heroes every day um, in social media, on the evening news, in your newspaper, and your Facebook. You're going to see people that do unbelievable things. You know, somebody falls in front of a train and they jump on the train track and pull them to the middle while the train goes over them. You'll see, you know, somebody uh, taking their check where they needed it for their own family or money and turning it over to someone else. People risking their lives jumping in icy water to save a family that's sinking in a car. You can find heroes everywhere. But also remember, my biographies, all those people are my heroes too. I'm telling you, I have, I, I love it. I, I love heroes. And again, I'm the stress doctor. I'm kind of the stress expert. I love heroes because I want to know how they were formed. Was this a behavior their entire life? Did the situation occur or present itself and then they became great or heroes or stress resilient? I, I really am fascinated with resilience and how these people become great. And you can too. It'll change your life, I promise you. And uh, last but not least is inspirational podcasts. There are tons of them out there. I personally, of course, I'm addicted to motivation and inspiration. So I love Katie Couric. I, you know, she, she, in her podcast, she interview, interviews amazingly inspirational and successful people or people that have had great losses. And she just asks pivoting questions. And uh, people you like, I don't care if it's a newscaster, everybody has podcasts now. See somebody you like. Also, scroll through uh, Google inspirational podcasts, uh, podcast interviewing people, and look at them, peruse them, try them. If you don't like one, just delete it and try a new one. But it's really, really nice to keep some podcasts on, inspirational on your Rolodex. All these people, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it feel, it's like when you feel like you're in neutral or the world's getting bigger and bigger with what's going on in the world. It's, it's amazing what biographies, inspirational people, quotes, all the things I'm talking about to please, please think about bringing into your 86,400 seconds a day, your 86,400 big ones. You have won the lottery, okay? All these, all these amazing treasures are all around you right this moment. I mean, I'm looking, turning to my right now and just looking at my favorite books and statues and... Um, you know, times I've been to the White House, I'm looking at a United Nations mug where, you know, I went there several times. It changed my life. Um, the people that had big dreams or thought about destroying it, getting rid of a disease, like uh, anything from um, malaria to all kinds of things. It's, it's just amazing um, how these people can change your world. So here we are. And of course, you can tell the way my voice is picked up and my momentum. I love this kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. I um, live and breathe it. Uh, I was raised with a father that happened to be a salesman. And every night of his life before he went to bed, he listened to old inspirational tapes. Now, this would be way back a long, long time ago. And I would be in the bedroom, and sometimes he would turn them up so loud. And one of them uh, was a man who uh, had the term dare to be great. Dare to be great. So he began his little tape with dare to be great, and he would always end it with dare to be great. And so my dad said that he would go to bed every night saying that, and, and he was very successful in business. But I remember lying there in bed and thought, hmm, dare to be great. 
Okay. So I think it's infused in my DNA. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, of course. Uh, and But I also think that it was motivating there. And then also my mother was very religious and she was Roman Catholic. So I think the dare to be great stuff also, in a soul level, came from the saints. I not only did catechism, I was fascinated with saints. Like, why did St. Francis, why was he so filthy rich um, in Assisi? And they owned everything. And why all of a sudden did he strip himself in the middle of the square and take on uh, a sackcloth, put on a, a sack and say, I'll never wear those fine silks again? Well, you know. All these, Hildegard of Binion, who was a doctor who was in Europe, who changed the course of human history. Um, you know, I, I was just Joan of Arc. I grew up with my mother on the other side. My dad was business inspiration. And my mother was always having us study the saints and the nuns would have a study. And I went, wow, I want to be like that. I want some of that. So, um, and again, I didn't think of this, but saints also, they're great inspiration, sources of inspiration. You talk about people rising to the occasion uh, in the midst of the depths of hell. So um, anyway, they had 86,400 big ones too, okay, just like you have every day of your life. Think of it as a gift that every morning when you wake up and open those eyes, just pull that ribbon, open that box, of gifts, and it's 86,400 big ones. So this is the way I see it, and I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and if you have any insights, any ideas for uh, podcasts or stories or you want to talk, please go to info at ourourmln.com or info at mindfullivingnetwork.com or and, and also, great, but let me throw in, we have a great newsletter, inspirational, motivational. I've tried to um, carry on the legacy of my mother and father and the great leaders that I've spent my whole life knowing and studying under and uh, working with. So um, we, you know, our newsletter is very inspirational, too. You can go sign up for it. But, okay, I'm going to leave you. And, and now, here, that was your gift, okay? Don't forget it. 86000 400 big ones. Bless you. Take care. And this is Kathleen Hall.